Hey, it's Dan Miller here, and I got a piece of advice for you. Don't be a goose. You can't do it all. You know, a goose can walk, can sing, can fly, and swim, but really doesn't do any of those things very well. Being good at one thing will make you more notable than being okay at a lot of things. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. All right, hey, we're going to be taking care of business. Here we are. Welcome to December, the very last month of this year already. Hey, I know it's flown by, but you know what? There's something exciting about New Year coming in. No matter what's happened, there's just something really exciting about being able to start a new year. So here we are. And hopefully, if you set your goals by November 14th, as we talk about, you've already seen massive progress toward what you want to accomplish in 2023. That's the way it works. Hey, here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at today. I was able to leave my nine to five job this year because I've written several dog mystery books. Dan, I can't seem to find a fulfilling career that I can grow in. Here somebody says, I'm employed as an airline pilot and love the work. However, with three young kids at home, I find myself wanting to spend more time with them. And then this one will look at, we're going to wrap up with this one today. I've been always taught to work on my weaknesses because they are skills that can be learned. We're going to talk about that. And that relates to don't be a goose. All right, a quotation today comes from Michael Beckwith, who said, the pain pushes you until the vision pulls you. That's pretty profound. I mean, I've talked recently about seeing people who are depressed, bitter, angry, discouraged, frustrated, guilty, resentful, blaming, I mean, those people are being pushed by some kind of pain. If that's you, you're looking backward at what's already happened. As soon as you get clear on what you want your life to look like next year, two years from now, three years from now, with clear goals and a plan of action, those negative emotions diminish and start to disappear. So don't allow yourself to just keep being pushed by pain Allow your vision to pull you. Now, as you know, these are questions coming from you, the listeners. If you got a question, just go to 48days.com slash askdan. You can leave it there. I welcome those. Consider it an honor to open up that magic mailbox with the questions each week to review. Love to review yours included here. And of course, if I use your question, I'll send you an autographed copy of the latest version of 48 Days to the Work You Love, maybe some other surprises as well as I'm known to do. Our resource today is, do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? I got a question related to this, so I'm going to just give this as a resource. If you go to 48days.com slash entrepreneur, you'll find 18 questions to ask yourself that'll help you identify if that's something that you want to do, here we are at the end of the year. You may be thinking, wow, I really haven't advanced much. I feel stuck in what I'm doing. It's not really what I love doing, but I got some ideas. Well, ask yourself these questions. So again, just check it out, 
com slash entrepreneur. Now, as a child, Leonardo da Vinci had a lot of curiosity about birds in flight, as you know. You know, he designed the first kind of helicopter, did all kinds of things regarding flight. He studied birds' wings, then he modeled helicopters, parachutes, flying machines based on birds' anatomy. So he was really enamored with birds. The freedom and movement of birds served kind of as a, a metaphor for his life. He observed poetically that a mother goldfinch, seeing her babies in a cage, would feed them a bit of a poisonous plant, noting better death than to be without freedom. So a mother goldfinch, if her birds had been taken captive and they were in cages going to be sold, she would feed them poison, better death than to be without freedom. Well, in the course of his frequent strolls through the streets of Florence, Da Vinci often encountered merchants selling caged birds. Frequently, he stopped, paid the purchase price. Then he would simply open the door of the cage and release the birds to the endless freedom in the blue sky. Now, my question then is, and I'm, I'm reading from Wisdom Meets Passion, in one of my books from a few years ago, but it reminded me, based on a couple of the questions that came up of this section, are you living in a cage? If you are, is it one that has been imposed on you or is it of your own making? You know, a lot of times I talk to people who are stuck in a job. They feel like they're stuck. They say, I don't have any choice. And I'm, wait a minute. You don't have any choice? Of course you do. I mean, you could choose not to go to work tomorrow. Now, you may not like the consequences and that you won't get a paycheck on Friday, perhaps. But you do have a choice. Start with that. You do have a choice every single day. If you build on that, you recognize you get a lot of choices and you can choose to move into something else 48 days from now. What are you doing to prepare? You know, how many good books have you read this year? Did you visit another community or maybe another state or even another country? What are you doing to expand your ideas so that you see new opportunities? Now, I talk a lot about the fact that books have done that for me. Books have opened my eyes to new opportunities unlike anything else. I'm constantly going through new books for that very reason, because that's where I get new ideas. That's where things start. Well, I hope you're on the track with doing that as well. All right, got this note from Mary who said, just wanted to tell you thanks. Mary says, I came to one of your right to the bank classes a few years ago. At the time, I was totally confused about work because all I wanted to do was help dogs. At one of the class breaks, you made me realize that I also need to look at what type of work can make money and encourage me to write a book about dogs as a way to make profit. Guess what? I was able to leave my nine to five job this year because I've written several dog mystery books. The best part is that the time flexibility that I now have allows me to volunteer at the animal sanctuary near me while I'm walking dogs. I just wanted to thank you for all the advice you give, the kindness you showed me when I was at my wits end. Well, Mary, thank you so much for your note. What a, what a cool note to get. Yeah, a lot of times when we have a passion and look at it directly, it's like looking into the sun, you go blind and don't see anything, turn away a little bit, and you'll see opportunities around that. I mean, this next week, I'm going to be up at the Outer Banks. Joanne and I are going to be 
out there with David Hancock's Writer's Mastermind, a small group of writers, authors who have books, and I'm going to be talking about how to leverage the message of your book. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, I've, been, I've enjoyed doing over the years. Yeah, I love selling books, but I also love taking the message in my books and leveraging that in other ways that create significant income as well. Well, I could spend a whole time going on that, but I'll move on here. Hello, Dan. Uh, this comes from John. It says, first of all, I want to thank you for your podcast. It's been an inspiration to me. Whenever I'm feeling down, your positive outlook inspires me to search for something more. Well, good. I'm grateful for that. I'm a recently married 26-year-old guy who's currently working as a framing carpenter. This is not a passion of mine as I got into it just as a way to pay the bills. On the disc profile, I'm a high S and an I. I enjoy teaching guys who are new at construction, how to do everything that I do, and I enjoy seeing their progress. I also enjoy looking back on a day and visually seeing the accomplishments of what I've done and consequently feel discouraged if not a lot of progress has been made. I also enjoy the routine aspect of it as I always love the idea of working in an office or a shop. My question is, what sort of non-traditional teaching models could I pursue in order to find my three-legged stool? I feel like my current job is draining my energy and not energizing me. If you could point me in the right direction, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you, God bless, John. Well, thanks for your question. Now, 26-year-old guy working as a framing carpenter. All right. What I would encourage you to do, based on what you're saying here, I would encourage you to sit down and make a list of 20 things you could do to leverage your knowledge of construction. And Victoria Menninger is in my mastermind. She has a Bear Creek construction over in Lynchburg or Waynesboro, Virginia. And what they do, they're very specialized in what they do. They do outdoor decks, gazebos, those kind of things. She hires people that uh, need a chance. She trains them to be skilled craftsmen. I mean, their company slogan is something like, you know, we build, we, we build construction things, but we also build people. It's the building people that really energizes Victoria. She's got a background in counseling, degree in counseling, and her construction company allows her to bring people in, encourage them, train them, and she gets rewarded greatly from seeing them you know, thrive and develop. So anyway, I, I think you could make a list like that. Now, um, there's, a, there's a company that I've just gotten involved with. Uh, we have a, one of the companies that I have is called Eagles Innovation Group, and we have investors and we look for companies to invest in. We just made a sizable investment in a company with two young guys who are in the construction industry. But... They saw an opportunity for contractors who have a lot of equipment sitting around idle. So let's say you've got a little skid steer, a little forklift that you used in a job, but now it's not really needed in the job you've got coming up for the next two months. But you could rent it out for $600 a day. I mean, what an opportunity. So these guys put together an app. I'll give you the name of it at some point in the future when we really grow this, but they've got a, they've developed an app. They've really leaned into the technology back end to make this work where contractors can list the equipment they have and other contractors can go on the app and find equipment that they need. 
So we just made a very sizable hundreds of thousands of dollars investment in this company to grow it. And these two young guys, we valued their company. They're, they're working as contractors. They're just working hourly wages. We valued their company at $1.2 million right now to invest in it based and then on the percentage that we're taking over. But I mean, that's a pretty incredible jump up for them. And it's based on their knowledge of the construction industry. I'd encourage you to do that kind of thing. Let me come up with 20 ideas based on your knowledge, things you could do. I mean, you could um, have, have a seminar where you would teach people how to get involved in that, you know, how to, how to specialize in a particular part of the construction industry. Well, lots of things there. I hope that stimulates your interest in what it is that you can do there. Well, hey, just a reminder here, these are questions. We're going to go through several more here. Questions coming from you, the listeners. So go to 48days.com slash ask Dan to leave your question there. Look forward to getting that. And I'd be delighted to send you a copy of 48 Days to the Work You Love as a reward for sending in a question that we use here. All right, this comes from Andrew, who says, Dan, I've read your 48 Days book about five years ago, and I'm reading it again. I can't seem to find a fulfilling career that I can grow in. I have a J-O-B, and I enjoy several aspects of it, but I still feel very unfulfilled, like I'm letting my family down. I could, could be doing something so much better, making a much better contribution, but in doing what? I need career counseling badly. What do you recommend I do, Dan? I recommend you get career counseling immediately. Now, that being said, I mean, you know, I I don't know what your reason for not doing that. If you recognize you need career counseling, I don't know what is stopping you from doing that. Now, if it's time, no, you're just not putting enough priority on it. If it's money, no, you're not being creative enough about getting it. Now, I'm going to send you a copy of 48 Days, the new one, and that's helped a whole lot of people go through this process of figuring out what it is they should be doing and how to go about getting involved in that particular line of work. So I'm going to send you a copy of that. But in addition to that, most churches have some kind of career. Let's see, I don't have here where you're from. Most churches have some kind of career transition program at this point. Every city has multiple classes, seminars, workshops to help people connect with the knowledge connections to find better work. I mean, there's lots of resources out there. There's no reason for you not to be able to get career counseling, coaching to help you make this decision, figure this out. And I mean, in a short period of time, this is not something that's going to take six months. I mean, figure this out. I mean, get this career coaching, counseling. I mean, my process, obviously, I walk people through in 48 days. And I'm totally convinced based on thousands of testimonials that that is adequate time to walk through this process, understand where you are now, get the advice and opinion of other people like career coaches, career counselors, then assess, you know, what are three or four good options, do a little bit more research, choose the best one and act. You can do that in 48 days. Now, also, I I have to insert here just a little bit. Yesterday on our Eagles Elite call, now that's one of the upper levels for people who are in our Eagles community, Eagles Elite. We meet every week and we talk through, and these are business owners. And yesterday we were talking about the seven benefits of being a business owner. Now, these are just things that I came up with, but they're ideas that I've kind of observed and experienced myself over the years. And I was talking about the fact that 
If you are an employee, you oftentimes are doing one simple thing that you just do over and over and over again. And you may feel like you're not really growing, not really developing, not really uh, coming up with you know new talents, new skills that you could offer the world. Well, that may be true. I mean, that is one of the benefits of being in business for yourself. Your rate of personal development just explodes because you learn so much from your clients and customers. I mean, that's one of the benefits. One of the things we talked about is you can make an extraordinary living. In a traditional job, you may make $25 an hour, but you can't go from $25 an hour to $200 an hour. You're not going to get that kind of a raise at the end of the year just because you hung around for a year. To do that, there has to be some kind of dramatic change. However, as a business owner, you can do that. You know, what if you are in working in construction, you're making 25 bucks an hour, and then you come up with a course that you sell for $97, and all of a sudden you have, you know, not you're not going to have hundreds of thousands of people. Let's say that in the course of the next year, you had a thousand people that purchased that course. You worked on it once, so you did it once and got paid over and over again, rather than doing the work one time and getting paid once, going from linear to residual income. But if you did that, so you're working a job making $25 an hour, but now you write based on your experience, your knowledge, and create a course for 97 bucks, which is very inexpensive, and you have a 1,000 people over the course of the year, that's another $100,000. You know, So you double your income, which you can do, even if you're working a traditional job, if you just start to leverage it as a business owner, well, there's lots of other benefits. You become a master of life. It allows you to see things in a whole new perspective. It allows you to be in a position where you see a whole lot of new opportunities. I mean, I am brought opportunities every day from people, which is a wonderful, wonderful privilege Now, I can't do all those things. Most of them I don't, but it sure allows me to cherry pick those things that I really want to be involved in, and you can do that when you're recognized as a business owner. All right, Tom says, first, thanks for the work you do. Uh, Your website and podcast have inspired me to finally determine if entrepreneurship is a fit for me. Currently, I'm employed as an airline pilot and love the work. However, With three young kids at home, I find myself wanting to spend more time with them. Also, my absence from home takes a toll on my relationship with my wife. Due to financial necessity and having taken action to get out of debt, I'm completely gone from home, out of the picture, 20 plus days each month. My wife is a single parent when I'm not there. I've long held the desire to be my own boss, but wondered if I possess the character traits and qualities required to be a successful entrepreneur. Could you recommend some resources that'll help me figure this out? Thanks so much. Happy New Year, Tom. Well, thanks, Tom, for your note. And oh my goodness, are you a great candidate to look at this? And I would certainly assume that as an airline pilot, you have skills lined up that you could transition to doing something on your own. I don't know what that is. You know, you ought to have a lot of clues as to what that would be. But a couple things here. Yes, I'm going to send you a copy of the brand new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. If you go to Chapter 11, 
titled Being the Boss You Always Wanted to Have. On page 203, I have a section titled Do You Have What It Takes? And there I've got 18 questions that'll help you know if you possess the character traits and qualities required to be a successful entrepreneur. Now, this is also the resource that I gave everybody today, and that is simply 48days.com slash entrepreneur. Do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? I mean, that's, that's the critical question. Do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? So again, just 48days.com slash entrepreneur. It'll take you to these 18 questions. But there are going to be things on there like, are you a self-starter? Successful business owners are always making things happen. They don't wait around for the phone to ring or be told what to do next. Uh, number two, do you get along with different kinds of people? Now, I've got expl- expanded explanations on each of those, but I'm just giving you kind of the, the highlights here as you're listening. Number three, do you have a positive outlook? Four, are you able to make decisions? Five, are you able to accept responsibility? If you typically blame others, the government, the company, or your spouse for what goes wrong, you're probably a poor candidate for running your own business. Successful business owners accept responsibility for results, even if these results are not favorable. Number six, do you enjoy competition? Number seven, do you have willpower and self-discipline? Number eight, do you plan ahead? Nine, can you take advice from others? Ten, are you adaptable to changing conditions? Eleven, can you stick with it? I mean, a lot of new ventures don't take off as quickly as we'd like. Are you prepared to make at least a one-year commitment to this business, whatever it is you want to start, no matter how bleak it may look at times? Will you continue even if your friends tell you to throw in the towel? Well, number 12, do you have a high level of confidence and belief in what you're doing? 13, do you enjoy what you're going to do? 14, can you sell yourself and your ideas? I mean, a lot of people fail with a great product or service because they can't sell. Can Selling is something you can learn to do. If that's part of your business, then learn to do that. Or get somebody else who can do that, do that really well. Number 15, are you prepared to work long hours? Number 16, do you have the physical and emotional energy to run a business? 17, do you have the support of your family and spouse? I mean, without support at home, your chances of success are dramatically reduced. And I've experienced that over the years. A lot of times in working with a guy who says, I want to start this company, I say, I want to talk to your wife. I want to know that she's on board. If she's not, you probably need need to get another job. Number 18, are you willing to risk your own money in this venture? Don't think you're just going to come up with a great idea and go to a bank. No, that's not going to happen. They're not interested in talking to you about your brand new business that you want to start. All they're interested in is collateral. So yeah, if you've got $100,000 equity in your house, can you get a $50,000 loan from the bank for your business? Sure. Secured by your house. They aren't interested in making sure your business works, but they're going to take your house if you can't repay it. So there's that. But again, they're not interested in funding your business. Venture capitalists are getting people to come in with investment money, like I described that we're doing. What we look for is two years, two years of a proven track record, two years of growing revenue. And then we look at the people involved. Do we really, are we convinced that these people have the character that aligns with what we would embrace, what we want to support? 
So there's a whole lot of things like that. Anyway, I hope that helps. Wow, if you're um, on the fence, if you answer yes to most of those questions, Tom, going through that, then come up with 20 ideas about things that you could do and go through the same process I described earlier. Get the advice and opinion of other people. Narrow down to three or four ideas. Do a little bit more research. Choose one and act. Get in the game. Give yourself that year. Don't look back. Don't second guess yourself. Just welcome to the the ranks of entrepreneurship. That'll give you the time flexibility to be home with your family. And don't be concerned about, you know, a lot of people coming from something like airline pilot where there's an extraordinary income already in place thinking, well, I'd have to be, you know, willing to live on half of that. Don't think that. You know, if you're used to making $220,000 a year, then have that as a benchmark. What idea could you come up with where you would replicate that and more? I mean, don't think less, think more if you come up with a good idea. There's certainly plenty of ideas out there. Okay, I want to grab one more here. Bruce says, I've read your teaching on working on your strengths and weaknesses. Um, This is from from a a site that I write for. He says, I'm an artist. I've always been taught to work on my weaknesses because they're the skills that can be learned. I'm weak in getting good contrast in my work and working in color. I want to become a better artist. I don't know who to listen to that has the best counsel for my situation. All right. Now I'm going to draw from, I I read some from Wisdom Meets Passion. Then I read the list of 18 characteristics from 48 Days to the Work You Love, and I'm going to draw on a section from No More Dreaded Mondays. I mean, I, I love having a resource of uh, for a lot of the questions based on things. That, and it's because I do get these questions that I have written these books, incidentally. But anyway, this comes from, I'm going to wrap up with this, Don't Be a Goose, comes out of No More Dreaded Mondays. I was looking at the chat. This is on page, actually, it's on page 194 in that book. If you want to be an artist, yes, improve your skills as an artist. Now, what I've got, you, you say here, you know, should you work in your where you're strong or work where you're weak? One, this is what I've got in No More Dreaded Mondays. If you focus on your weaknesses, you tend to get strong weaknesses, In the sixth grade, a teacher told my friend Phil that the secret to life is to focus on your weaknesses. So for the next 30 years, he worked on those areas where he was weakest. He struggled with accounting, with organization, and with ordering and inventory control. He ultimately developed some pretty strong weaknesses. Then he discovered the power of focusing on your strengths. He surrounded himself with people who were more competent in all the areas where he was weak. He allowed them to do what they did well while he did the same, working in his strong areas. Today, he's a multimillionaire. He has no office because he has competent people handling all his business functions from their own offices. He excels at creating the vision while encouraging these people to carry out the daily task. Now, I I put in there how sad that we often diminish our best gift by struggling valiantly to develop in someone else's area of ability. It's better to focus on your unique skills and do them with excellence than end up performing at a mediocre level in several areas. Use this rule of thumb for organizing your work strategy. Work where you are strongest 80% of the time. Work where you are learning 15% of the time. Work where you are weak 
5% of the time. Now, I talk often on here about finding your zone of genius. There may be things where you are competent in doing those. Those, there, there may be things that where you're excellent in doing those. There may be things where you know you're incompetent. Now, the things where you're incompetent, you want to just eliminate those. But things where you're competent, the best thing to do there is to delegate those. If you know that you're okay, but somebody else can do it better, wow, delegate those. Things where you're excellent, don't get stuck there. Systematize those. Find ways to just have repeatable processes in place. Look for your zone of genius. What is it that only you can do? And then expand in that. Now, as an artist, yes, work on those where areas where you're weak in art. But don't try to you know, be good in accounting for your business or even sales and marketing, perhaps, for your business. Just be really, really good in your art. Now, I've been podcasting since December of 2006. Now, that's exactly 16 years. I've never missed a week. I've never done a replay. As you know, I love doing this. I love getting your questions every week. But we're told now there are over 4 million podcasts. And they also tell me, that this podcast, 40 Days Podcast, is in the top one-half percent of all podcasts in the world. So am I taking it easy now, or do I still think there's room for improvement? Well, if I'm going to be in podcasting, I'm going to continue looking for ways to get better. Here's some of the things I've done this year. I read David Hooper's excellent book, 101 Podcast Templates. I took Eric Johnson's course, Podcast Audience Explosion. I'm going through Roger Love's program on the perfect voice. I attended PodFest in Orlando, Podcast Movement in Dallas. I mean, those are all things that I did to become better at podcasting, even though I'm ranked very, very high in the podcast world. Love doing it and have been doing it for 16 years. So I'm still working on it. And I would encourage you to do that in art, but just focus on that. Become really, really good in that. Okay, I'm going to wrap up with a story here. Don't be a goose. This is also from my book, No More Dreaded Mondays. In a classic fable, the grazing goose found herself annoyed by a horse who was eating nearby. In hissing accents, the goose addressed the horse. I am certainly a more noble and perfect creature than you, for the whole range and extent of your abilities is confined to one element. I can walk upon the ground as you do. I have besides wings, with which I can raise myself in the air. And when I please, I can sport on ponds and lakes and refresh myself in the cool waters. I enjoy the different powers of a bird, a fish, and a horse. The horse... With seasoned wisdom replied, It is true you inhabit three elements, but you make no very distinguishing figure in any one of them. You fly indeed, but your flight is so heavy and clumsy that you have no right to put yourself on a level with the lark or the swallow. You can swim on the surface of the waters, but you cannot live in them as the fishes do. You cannot find your food in that element, nor glide smoothly along the bottom of the waves. And when you walk, You rather waddle upon the ground with your broad feet and your long neck stretched out, hissing at everyone who passes by. You bring upon yourself the derision of all beholders. I confess 
that I am only formed to move upon the ground. But how graceful is my make, how great my strength, how astonishing my speed. I had much rather be confined to one element and be admired in that than be a goose in all. Well, that goose sounds like some people I know. They try to be good at marketing, computers, financial planning, supervising, administration, and selling, rather than focusing on one or two areas of excellence. Find the area where you run like the wind with few competitors. Then you'll rise from mediocrity and experience uncommon success. All right, if we're going to wrap up with that, wrap up with some soft music here going into Christmas. I hope this has been encouraging for you, maybe giving you an idea or two about what you can do to change your current situation. I know you're already working on what you want 2023 to be like. And again, if you've clarified that, once you have clarity, you cannot stop but help moving toward that. It's the old principle. We become what we think about. And when you're thinking about what you want the next year to be, you move toward that. Doors start opening magically toward that. Well, it's going to be a great year for all of us. I'm convinced of that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions, for being open to growing, for being that part of that powerful force for making the world a better place. Best thing you can do here, I mean, you can leave a review. I don't ask for that much. There's got lots of reviews there for which I'm grateful. But what I really like is for you to just share it with a couple other people. You know, three friends who need encouragement, who are perhaps blaming others, who are discouraged, frustrated, angry, resentful. Some of the, the plenty of people around, if you can get them to listen to this, to give them some encouragement, how to break through that, break out of that, they'll thank you for it. You become known as a person who is an encourager to others. Be that person. I've got, I've got somebody this week. Well, I, I, a lot of people right now are ordering bulk quantities of our resources. My new book, An Understanding Heart. Just got a bulk order for that this morning and we need to get out. I'm appreciative of that. Delighted to hear the testimonial is coming back in. But those people are giving those books away this time of year. I mean, be that person, somebody who encourages others, helps them with resources to change their life for the better. And stay committed to your belief, along with me, that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.